This episode is brought to you in part by Zondervan, publisher of The Perilous Fight, Overcoming Our Culture's War on the American Family, written and narrated by retired neurosurgeon and politician Dr. Ben Carson. Available now everywhere you get audiobooks. TikTok, have you installed the world's newest social media app? Your church youth group sure has. China, Dancing Cats, and Adam's new obsession here on Season 5 of Device and Virtue. Hey, welcome back to Device and Virtue, where we argue about the wrongs and rights of technology and faith in everyday life. I'm coming to you from Chicago. I am Chris. And I'm Adam. Chris, I've long thought about my aesthetic using two words. (laughs) Your aesthetic, okay. My aesthetic, yes. I love the ridiculous... And I love the sublime. And that I really want to I hear your conclusion. That <laughs> I think ahead, is why land it, land it. I have loved TikTok oh so much. Gosh. It is the ridiculous and the sublime in one swipe. Okay, so TikTok <laughs> is what we're talking about today, but I was positive for a second you were talking about that hat you're wearing. Uh, well, this hat is ridiculous. This, I do agree this summer, with that. you got this new straw hat that you bought where? I, bought, I don't even know. I, I bought it at Target. <laughs> it wasn't even like a special place. You got this hat. It's, it's got a wide brim, like a dad-like four and a half inch <laughs> wide brim, and you've just been wearing it everywhere. And you've got like a little cowboy I leather have, strap that's hanging you down. You know, when I... Put this straw hat on. I'm just on vacation. And so, like, <laughs> so that's you know, I put been. it on basically every day where anywhere I go. So here's the thing. I think that you're learning to make videos on TikTok. I think you should make a video with you in the hat. Oh, I have made a video of me in the hat. I I actually have a story about me wearing a hat when I was in fifth grade. So, yeah, go find me on TikTok. Hey.Graber on TikTok, and you oh. can listen to... Oh, wow. We're, go- we're already listing your you profile. You can listen to the, the story. So since you already have a username, I feel like you're going to need to explain it because I know a lot of people that don't even have this, despite the fact that there are 800 million users of TikTok and 2 billion downloads of the app. So a lot of people do use this social media site. It's a video social media app, right? Yeah. Yes. I think there are 100 million in the U.S. Okay. Downloads, maybe, in the U.S. But yeah. So I've been describing TikTok like this. For for people who are familiar with Twitter, I think it is Twitter for videos. Oh, that's really? like that's, the, what you're that's say? like the simplest way that I could like translate it into something people already are familiar with. Except it's <laughs> it's it's really short videos. So yeah, you have fifteen right. seconds right. or you have up to sixty seconds right. to record a video and that in as a format is what it is but there's not like a series you can't like reply back and then there's like a thread right. of conversation right. so it doesn't advocate for any sort of conversation oh well but i think tiktok's very conversational if we're going to get into it i don't know about that <laughs> so that's it you call it twitter i mean so you know how it is you load it up on your phone it's a video that takes over the entire screen of your phone it doesn't even start you on a home page where you get to select a video there's already a video playing as soon as you Yes. open the app right yeah it there is no like, home page you are so, just watching videos and someone's talking to you or there's a cat or there's <laughs> someone dancing or there's a celebrity or it's, it's a lot of very ridiculous 
people being silly, cat videos, dog videos, celebrity videos. But then there's also, okay. like I said, there is the sublime. And there are like these really touching moments of people being really vulnerable really? or of people interacting with each other. And I have laughed and I have cried and I have laughed until I have cried. <laughs> and All of the above. Apparently have been doing that consistently for the last three <laughs> weeks since we said we were going to talk about TikTok. Because how many TikToks have you texted me? Come on. I, I have, you have, sent I, have me links. I have really gone deep on the research on this one. <laughs> Guys, I, I, he's gone I so will. deep on the research on this one. I'm a little bit afraid we might have a problem. <laughs> I've been sending TikTok videos, forwarding them uh, to lots of friends. You've been on a couple threads i've sent them to my sister my mom yeah no regrets they're hilarious so like what's one of your favorites yeah like well the the one you saw earlier you showed me that comes to mind i don't even know how to explain this so the videos all have like text overlaid on top of them so you'll have the video and but then you have usually some they sort have music yeah there's a there's music there's video there's a there's a caption, but then there's also text on the image, on the video. Like an Instagram story yeah. or a Facebook yeah, story, yeah, yeah. but more video. Yeah. It'll say something like, it'll have this nice sounding song and it'll be a nice sunny day. And it'll say, the chances of your cat killing you are extremely low. And then the music turns really dark. And oh, yeah, I saw this <laughs> it one. zooms in <laughs> on this face <laughs> of you being watched by your pet. And the pet has this really dark <laughs> stare at you. And it says... But the chances are never zero. I mean, <laughs> can you, it's can just, you hear this? It's one six-second video. <laughs> it's one and, video. And but like over and over is that same feeling over and over. The joy that TikTok has brought. And I'll agree. Like I've had to set the the timer. Wow. TikTok has it set up. They have like a well-being feature on the app that to will be like your, allow you to limit right, right. how much you have to after an hour put in a code to keep watching so okay. it'll remind you that you've been watching for you've an hour put in the code again. oh i put in the code it's like nine in the morning <laughs> and i've put in the code yeah <laughs> so it's pretty bad i think we have to talk about everything about tiktok the format how addicted you might be but the real reason that we're talking about tiktok today is it's been in the news right it has been like, it has been blowing up in the so news. many news stories in fact when we're recording today, there's been multiple national political stories about the president or the secretary of state saying that they are going to ban the app TikTok from the United States. Yes. TikTok is owned by a Chinese-based company called ByteDance. Right. They're like five or eight years old at this point. It was founded by a Chinese entrepreneur. He spent time in the U.S., he worked at Microsoft for a while, has, you know, has a lot of funding from VCs, venture capital in the U.S. And so he's very familiar with the culture of social media in the U.S., but it is based in Beijing, I think. So a lot of people have sort of this fear around this new social media that's kind of taking over the world, 2 billion downloads, and they're concerned, what's China going to do with this information. Okay, well let's take it apart and figure it out. Data security, censorship, moderation, addiction, and silly videos all coming up. <laughs> so 
Before we even get into all the stuff about whether the Chinese are doing things with TikTok data and how that's influencing us, TikTok has already influenced some U.S. politics even a few weeks ago, although I don't know if everyone realized it, because the Trump rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was back in like June 20th, 2020, was majorly influenced by TikTok. How so? Because TikTok is like 60% Gen Z. Okay, so this social media platform, like, I mean, Facebook these days, honestly, let's be honest, like moms in their 60s are really big on it. Okay, I mean, 2 billion users, they have people of all age groups on Facebook, but TikTok really has captured that it's the new sort of youth platform, youth platform, shoot me now. I just said, <laughs> the kids are doing these the days. Kids are, you know, sort of like Snapchat a few years ago, which like I sort of understood, but TikTok has definitely just taken off hardcore, right? It started in 2017 as Musical.ly, yep. a different app, which is for singing along, and then really since August 2018, in the last two years, it's become the platform in Tulsa, the Trump rally had, what, I don't know, 19,000 seats in this stadium. But I don't know who started it. But on TikTok, someone sort of said, hey, if you want to, you can reserve free tickets for the Trump rally. Yeah, here's how. Here's the process to go, go to through. the website uh, book seats and then don't go apparently tons and tons of people did this actually there was an article written by an 18 year old teenager where she wrote about how us teenagers blew up the trump rally <laughs> yeah. and she specifically cited tiktok and said no one knew it because old <laughs> she goes no one else even knows that tiktok exists <laughs> right and another thing she said was that the way that they were kind of able to go under the radar was that the algorithm shows you people who are like you Hmm. And so it was a lot of, you know, people opposed to Trump that were kind of sharing this around. And so the Republicans wouldn't have seen this strategy being played out. Yeah, you could it could have seen it, just less likely to see it. Yeah. Just like algorithms on every platform, though, right? Yeah. TikTok's actually influencing big things. And therefore, this week, when President Trump announced that he was thinking of shutting down TikTok, and he said because it's a national security issue, yeah. there are questions about it politically. I don't know how much we can do the politics. We're just going to have to do some, uh, right? No, Trump's very um, much like, get off my lawn, TikTok. And, you know, and the Secretary of State came out and said, yeah. the reason is, is because the Chinese Communist Party could have access to data that TikTok has, right? Right. That is sort of the question that somehow the Chinese government could throw their weight around and force ByteDance to give up data about its TikTok about users including mm-hmm. American Gen Zers right. and the rest of us who have kind of followed in, in the like... The rest of us, meaning <laughs> Adam, who's been on there for uh. a thousand hours. The Communist Party is tracking you. But you're a little bit like... You're sort of worried about this, right? Am I worried about this? I think... I mean, you think it's legit. Yeah, I mean, there are questions around... You know, you hear this term bad actors and people are concerned that Mm -hmm. China is a bad actor in this regard, that if they were able to force ByteDance to give up data, they could use that data then to do electioneering. They could use that to create content that leverages the algorithm and pushes propaganda to certain groups in the U.S. who are more likely to vote one way or the other and kind of create this sense of division. It it very much like what happened with Cambridge Analytica on Facebook in 2016. Is it going to happen on TikTok? And I, the question is, will will the Chinese government do this? Can they do this? Or is the founder CEO of TikTok 
loyal in such a way that he would be willing to do this? Yeah. Those are I, all questions that we don't necessarily have an answer to. <laughs> right. Okay. I grew up in the military and I still have family members that work in government things. And I did actually call one of them and ask, like, is this really a thing? Like, for instance, the Ameri- I had read in Wired magazine that the Pentagon banned TikTok oh. for all sort of U.S. military right. devices. Right. And, and so I called my family member and they said, yep, that's true. They have banned it. So I'm like, okay, well, that's a yeah. that's a thing. And I sort of think, yeah, national security, uh, this kind of stuff, <laughs> it matters. However, I have no idea. Let me just, let me just, nah, for a minute. <laughs> I don't think, like, what is the Chinese government going to do with 800 million teenagers' data? Like, what's just really going to happen? Like, like what? They're going to sell them, like, like... <laughs> They're not voting. They're under 18. I mean, some of them maybe. Some of them are, yeah. But I mean, even though like you talked about ads, like serving up ads, like what kind of ads are they going to serve up? TikTok is people's videos of people like talking, you know, I mean, honestly, it's teenage girls doing synchronized dances. Like it's like, <laughs> but, I mean, a lot of Taylor Swift music, you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. But, the, like, but the portion of people increasing in the 25 to 34, 34 to 44 range is, I mean, it's increasing on TikTok. I'm a prime example, right? You are a prime example. So I could be a prime target. And, and you are I will sort say of a, this. you're a softie. I so. will say this. I have noticed multiple, what I would call Trump videos on TikTok. What do you mean by that? So I saw, I saw one where it was someone interviewing a black man draped in an American flag. And they were asking him, why are you a Trump supporter? I see. And he kind of gave this testimony right. as to like, I was opposed to Trump, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm right. a huge Trump supporter based on this, this, right. and this. Right. Or there was another one of a, how do I say this? A, of a young woman that was impossibly attractive <laughs> talking about her life in West Virginia and why she is a Trump supporter. So, yeah, so there's people posting, and I'm sure there's other political videos, too. You're saying that it's sort of influencers. We're not talking about ads. We're talking about yes. if someone could get someone that is an influencer, mm-hmm. and which, can, is, which is just a person that right. takes their own opinion and the other people listen to it. Right. And, and the question is, could TikTok, could ByteDance amplify that voice? Hmm. You, you know, yes, it's a person who has chosen to do it of their own volition, but then it gets amplified artificially by the quote-unquote bad actors seeking to amplify certain voices and downplay other voices, which is a huge question around how the algorithm works, and I want to get into that. Well, I want to parse it because we've said a couple of things. Yeah. One, it's data. Does data go on a Chinese server somewhere and the Chinese Communist Party somehow gets that and does bad things with it? Right. Two, there's moderation. Are there teams, also just like on Facebook and Twitter, that look and decide this video gets deleted or other people don't see it or this video gets promoted yeah. and people see it? Yeah. That's a that's a in-person thing. Three, there's the algorithm. So a computer is deciding what things are seen and what things aren't seen but that could subtly shape what also influence people and really at the end of the day this is all about influence whether the data the chinese communist party uses the data here or it uses it in moderation or it uses it in the algorithm you're saying that we could influence people weirdly is that yeah. right yeah and we have to be clear that there's no evidence so far that the chinese government has obtained any sort of data in from ByteDance. Yeah, right. And TikTok says that all data about Americans is being stored in the U.S. and it is not going overseas. That's exactly right. They released a strong statement saying the data is in the U.S., backups in Singapore, which is a free 
country area. We should also say that TikTok is not an app in China. They the, have a Chinese company has an ownership stake, but it's actually in a it's only in the US. It's for Americans. They have a thousand staff in America and they oh. said they're releasing they're also their CEO is American. Yes. And they're also adding a ton of jobs right now because they've grown so fast. So they're I think they're hiring another thousand people this no, year. No, they're hiring ten thousand. Oh they have fifteen hundred right now. They're hiring ten thousand in right. the next Okay, so you saw even weeks, faster yeah. numbers than I did. Adam, I get into this because I think there's some Chinese sort of those bad Chinese over there kind of attitude here. And I think as Christians, we got to start talking about this because sometimes we talk about security and technology, but what's really going on is an othering of yeah. the other person and says those sort of shady people really can't be trusted. And it's actually a destruction of the image of God in that sense. Like those Chinese are so different than us. They're not like us. They're probably up to no good. And that just seems sort of believable to people. Yeah. I mean, there there are stories, you know, flying around and there's a lot of suspicion, a lot of fear. And that fear is being driven by a lack of awareness and even a lack of relationship with someone who is Chinese. Sure. And a knowledge of who they are as people. And Sus- I, I mean, suspicions around their their choice of a communist government versus our democratic society. Right, like in 40% of my neighborhood, like uh, we're in my neighborhood right here, yeah. you're in Chicago, and 40% of my neighborhood is actually of Chinese descent because I live right adjacent to Chinatown here in the city. Right. It's a really vibrant Chinatown, one of the strongest Chinatowns in the U.S. And there, a lot of the folks here have lived, uh, my grandma's from this neighborhood originally, but a lot of the folks here in Chinatown have been here longer than she was. Yet there's still an American attitude sometimes that like my Polish grandma is a little bit more American than some of the Chinese grandmas mm. my but my friend in my church who's who's chinese descent and his grandma's chinese she's literally been american longer than my grandma was <laughs> and so isn't that an unusual attitude to have like doesn't that sort of tell us something that fear the american fear it's something that a christian mindset has to at least stop and interrupt and ask us like wait aren't all people made in the image of god and then we all agree with that but isn't this one of, one of the rubs This episode is brought to you by The Truce Podcast. I'm sure you've been there. You're at an event, a dinner, a small group, and someone says something like, If you're a Christian, you have to vote Republican. Huh. That raises an interesting question. How did evangelicals like me get to the place where we just assumed we'd all vote one way? This season on The Truce Podcast, we're diving deep into the complexity of the 1970s and 80s to understand how evangelicals tied themselves to the Republican Party. It's a story that involves murder, corruption, redemption, and our need to be heard. I'll be talking with celebrated historians like Rick Perlstein, Pulitzer Prize winners Francis Fitzgerald and Jesse Isinger, and some of the best guests I've ever had. Truce is the show that uses journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church. We press pause on the culture wars in order to explore how we got here and how we can do better. Subscribe to Truce anywhere you get podcasts or listen at trucepodcast.com. Okay, I agree that we need to personalize and individualize people of Chinese descent. I think what people are talking about when they talk about this fear of China is the fear of the Chinese government and their actions and their perspective 
being a communist society as opposed to a democratic society. And so I think they're not thinking about individual Chinese people. They're thinking about the government as an institution. And I think there is a legitimate space for concern because China does have some questionable human rights violations in terms of how they're treating Uyghur Muslims, in terms of the mm-hmm. sort of surveillance that they have created in some of their cities using facial recognition, the social credit system that they've created and have implemented within their government. They have sure. a record Some reports of, that was really overblown. But sure. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. But yeah, they yeah. have a record of tracking that is different than what's in the U.S. Right. They're, and, and I'm not saying the U.S. is even exonerated from some of those things either. Right. 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 I'm jumping up and down. <laughs> well, no, you're saying that, wait, there are some legitimate ethical concerns here. There might be some power that's misused where the government is actually abusing its citizens, doing maybe wrong things. If they're willing to do it to their citizens, what are they willing to do to citizens of another country sh- or governments of another country? Sure, 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 sure. But, I mean, at least we got to come back to the U.S. and go, aren't some of those same things? Couldn't we imagine that if we were Christians living in a different country say we're christians in i don't know china for instance (laughs) because there's a ton of christians in china if we're christians in china but we're thinking about you know you go overseas and i think it's one of the best things about americans experiencing christians around the world is that you start talking to christians around the world and they're kind to you but they don't always see american christianity as good in fact they sometimes see it as like a bad influence absolutely because they see corruption they see over use of wealth they see hypersexuality yeah. and they see a glorification of violence and they don't necessarily see our democracy as the most christian sort of savior or the right. earth. i know this gets really controversial right. i'm not saying communism is christian either i am saying we're not our parents generation where we just automatically assume the communists are the evils and the americans are the christians you know i'm saying as christians we are we're, we're in a kingdom of god and that shapes the way we think about governments. We don't see any particular government except the kingship of Jesus yeah. as the way to go. Yeah, it, sh- it, it gives us a distance from our government, be it communist, be it democratic, be it fascist. I'm going to like to hear you defend fascism in that one, but, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> yes, I don't even, I'm not going to try it. Okay, let's just pause it. Let's just say that the Communist Party is using this for bad stuff. Like, what do you, maybe even the moderation or the algorithm is influencing people. How, what do you think is happening? Yeah, that's a great question. The, a website called The Intercept published some internal training documents from TikTok that directed moderators to suppress videos from people who were, get this, ugly. They were deemed too ugly, poor, or disabled. Now. What? When they were asked about this, the TikTok spokesperson said that had been a, quote-unquote, blunt attempt intended to prevent bullying, but the document doesn't say anything about bullying. So this was like a training document for the people that sit on the platform and, like, delete things that is supposed to be inappropriate. Right, or downgrade some of these things, the visibility of some of these things. And everyone has these moderators. Facebook has it, Twitter has it, everything. Absolutely. And you have to have it because someone could just, like, say post-pornography. Right. 
right away. And how does that go away? That's actually someone, right. like it's, it, the algorithm might be flagging it and helping it, but a person is probably deciding, nope, this is porn, right. and clicking through that. And right. so, I mean, just so people understand, that's how that works. That's right. how some of these platforms keep safe. But you're saying they had moderators that were told to also remove like people that were uglier than other people? Right. And I have to say... Having been on TikTok as much as I have, like the people on there are beautiful. They're one of two things. They're either beautiful or they're funny. Yeah, right. Because right. those two things are acceptable. Right. Now, I have seen some people who have disabilities and they've highlighted those disabilities. And there is, so there is a segment on TikTok of an awareness of people with disabilities. Well, one, let's say that TikTok said they never actually used these standards. It was a document that got sure. released. They read that article. But... But two, what strikes me is those aren't Chinese values. Those are American values. You are not wrong. Like preferencing the beautiful and the sexy and the wealthy, maybe yeah. the funny. Like that just sounds like American. Obviously, we could all appreciate beauty or laugh at jokes, but the celebrity promoting of those kind of values to the sort of hypoglycemic gluttony <laughs> is like an American. I mean, isn't that part of the sin of our culture of where Absolutely. we actually do ignore people that look as not nice or they don't seem like they have a voice. They don't seem as authoritative. Our celebrities have beautiful teeth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I absolutely agree. I, I, you're not wrong. And I think it does sort of highlight some of the hypocrisy around that. And the reality is, like you were saying, Facebook has these moderation principles, right. Twitter does. And the reality is, like, those are the most downloaded apps around the world. And we are taking our values as Americans and exporting those values to other countries by moderating the content that they see. And now all of a sudden we're a little concerned that yes, one yes, app, yes. one app for the first yes. time has hit a global zeitgeist and is now importing some of its values into the U.S. Right. And we're not okay with that all of a sudden. I think the Secretary of State a few days ago talked about, you know, we're worried about political, like, I've heard that there's videos banned about the Uyghur Muslims that were, you know, and that bothers me because this seems like a human rights story that is really, yeah. really scary, right? Yeah. Same with Tiananmen Square, same with Tibetan independence. I mean, so, some of these hot button issues in China are not gain, gaining the visibility. And that, now that's internal to China. There is a TikTok in China. It's just not called TikTok. It's not called TikTok. It's a different app. Yeah. I read the actual current policy for TikTok's moderation, at least the one they have published. The published and here's what it one, actually yeah. says. They say they have a ban on criticism of China's socialist system. And you go, Oh, wait, there it is. They're banning. <laughs> they, you're not allowed to criticize socialism. But it comes under a general ban of criticism and attack towards any policies, social rules of any con country, including constitutional monarchy, monarchy, parliamentary system, separation of powers, or a socialist system. Interesting. They're saying that criticizing of any kind of government form is something that, that they don't want on the platform. So... So that's really interesting, though. Like, like criticism of separation of powers, which is an American. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're saying if you criticize that, that would fall under their ban yeah. as if well. I, if so if I were to criticize the separation of church and state? That's interesting. Well, separation of powers, I assume, in this list, they're assuming like Supreme Court versus Judicial, legislative, okay. the executive. Yep. Here's another one. They say that the general purpose rule bans highly controversial topics such as separatism, religious sex conflicts, so that would be the Uyghur Muslim, you go, there it is. But they also say, for instance, uh, the independence of Northern Ireland conflict, the mm. Republican of Chechnya, Tibet and Taiwan, or exaggerating the ethnic conflict between black and white. 
Yeah, and it's it was definitely a global uh, awareness. There's a cl- there's the value here. I want to say is not particularly. I mean, if they're actually following this, it's not about anti-America or pro-China necessarily. Right. What they're saying is. Like Americans, let's just be honest, we value individualism because of our constitution. We value criticizing the government. These are two American values. Yeah, yeah. A lot of collectivist societies, not just quote unquote socialists, including Asian societies, don't value criticizing the government with as much harshness as we do. Mm-hmm. And so them sort of saying, hey, like the, we're just not going to really have that on our platform. I think there's an argument to be made that if you when you highlight strife, you can help create strife. Yeah, absolutely. In communication. I mean, we've, we've and Americans seen that. don't like this because we don't want we have the First Amendment, and so we go more strife the better almost. But yeah. we're also wrestling in our country with so much strife being promoted and communicated that we feel fractured, torn, angry, and mm. we're not sure what to do. And I think there are some societies that look at us and go, "Don't promote that kind of communication in general." Right. And I think about the Apostle Paul asking us to meditate on things that are trustworthy and good. And beautiful, that's a very paraphrase of of the scripture (laughs) where he does that. But I wonder if there's something in public discourse that Americans actually don't get about what it means to communicate. Yeah. Just, it's interesting the balance between maintaining a false sense of peace, but also creating a false sense of conflict. Yes. You know, there, right. Like we've right. this, this summer, 2020, there's been such an awareness of all of this strife and conflict in yeah. the U S and has it actually been amplified by the media environment that we're in that maybe it wouldn't have been as extreme if the media environment hadn't kind of promoted it as much. Oh, and it's so tricky because yeah, now you just swung me to the other side, right? Because I think about, issues with like George Floyd being killed what we were talking about in our last episode. Yeah. And they go, wait, these are really real problems. I needed a real discourse. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want to minimize that at the same, yeah, at the same time, can there be communication that exists that amplifies issues? Yes. Yeah. So I think that's really tricky. Yeah. And TikTok got criticized for suppressing videos of the Hong Kong protests last fall. Interesting. And that, that has sort of the same, like we want to maintain a, a perception of peace that's going on you know we americans are saying no like these people are are protesting and and there's a conflict there and it needs to be surfaced and we need to talk about it right and you know the a chinese ethic might say something different no we need to maintain a sense of peace and security and that will continue to cultivate a peaceful and secure society yeah and then of course this whole conversation winds up getting dumb because I mean, if we wanted Netflix to start covering Tiananmen Square and covering, like, rallies, we'd be like, what? Is TikTok an entertainment platform or a news platform? Mm. And do we have to force everything into every box? Yeah, that Netflix analogy doesn't even make sense to me because you have, like, the Patriot Act on there. That's, like, news-oriented. Like Harrison Ford? Really? This is what we went to? No. Patriot Act? Hassan Minaj, you're thinking of Patriot Games. Thank you. But Uh, Harrison Ford, sure, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's probably on TikTok, too. The point is, the content that people are posting on TikTok is up to them, and it's getting 
moderated out. It's getting censored out. Well, I think this totally makes sense, and this is a crux of a huge argument right now. Is Facebook an entertainment platform, or is Facebook a news platform? And that's was and by I, right now I mean in the last few years. Sure. And so, like, I mean, that's why Zuckerberg and I mean, even just this week we had Zuck- Zuckerberg, you know, Facebook and Twitter again in front of Congress, and they get criticized from both angles, and they say, "Hey, we're entertainment, and we're, people are only posting what they want to post." Yeah. But like you said to me earlier, TikTok has become your new TV. Yeah. I'm spending an hour on TikTok instead of an hour watching NBC or whatever. And so these social media platforms are really media platforms. And so that does affect the debate. But I think, I think, and it's huge. The internet has broken down the divide between entertainment and news. And I think you are using a broadcast media framework that no longer applies in the internet age. Wow, you're getting really pointy with that finger right there. Because I think I'm right. (laughs) You know it. Oh, no, I would agree that the digital media, the digital interactive media is where we will get both news and entertainment. What I think is that not every platform is going to be able to provide all those things. And I could see a platform like TikTok saying, we want to be about silly teenage music videos and that cat video that Adam likes so much. (laughs) And that's what we're going to prioritize. But So the platform is creating the opportunity for people to post what they want to post. And now it's getting censored. If they want to be an entertainment space, then they're creating a censorship of, of another kind. I think saying a social media is either entertainment or news, I think is just a false dichotomy in a social media platform. Okay, I disagree, and this is why we need to talk about how the format and the content work. So here's the thing about TikTok, right? It's these short videos. You mentioned it's 15 seconds or 60 seconds. Yep. You can actually click and hold down the video button to capture a video for like, it could be like two seconds. And then you yeah. can point your camera somewhere else and hold it down for two more seconds. So you create these really jumpy sort of fun yeah, videos. Yeah, cut, cut, cut. Yeah, it's like Vine back in the day. You didn't use Vine. I didn't use Vine. But I know. used Vine back in the day. You know what <laughs> I used it on? I used it on mission trips. I would like I like for when Vine was cool. It was a similar app. You could take little videos, and we were doing construction and houses in Memphis, Tennessee, in a rundown neighborhood with a group connected with the Christian Community Development Association. And I was like take pictures of the shingles, and then take pictures of the of the the hammer <laughs> we were using, little video clips, and then of, um, pictures of my college students that were with me, sort of you know posing, and then like I uh, was doing TikTok before it was cool, man. That's <laughs> true, but I mean it was like it was it was informative, but it was very entertaining. Right, it was a fun way to create a video. I really liked it. TikTok sort of has that rapid thing, and yeah. I'm gonna say, I mean, we were talking about whether something's a news platform, whether something's an entertainment platform. Are they the format of how something feels like People Magazine? Let's go old media for a second, okay, buddy? All right, People Magazine, flashy, bright, gloss. colorful, fair, yeah. f- uh, glossy photos of celebrities um, trying to hide behind their sunglasses as they walk out of the meth clinic or something. I don't know, like some <laughs> designed to sell you something. I've never really picked up one of these, so I have to make up stuff. Um, designed to sell you something by the like just where you buy the gum at the cash register, right, you know, right, right. that feels really different. Than a hardcover book that has a dark black cover that's 800 pages thick and has very like Times New Roman font <laughs> and has like really like elegant paper, right? In these formats, say something about the content inside, right? You could have a People magazine that has content that is actually formal academic literature, but probably not. And you okay. could have a big, thick black book that's actually celebrity gossip, <laughs> but probably not, right? The format talks in shapes around the content. And the format around TikTok 
is entertaining. It's fun. It's light. The clipping back and forth emphasizes, like, it's one click to add a little music track to it, and that's why almost every video has, like, a Taylor Swift song or another song on it. And it's designed to entertain and... It's human and laughter and fun. And it doesn't carry all the weight of your little heavy, I, serious worldness over there. <laughs> I'm so heavy. I'm so heavy. Look at this hat. I mean, come on. <laughs> He's wearing the hat while we record, guys. I, I'm going to uh, send a, a picture. But here, here's the thing. Okay. But there's also... I can't believe you're doing this. There's also how-to videos. There's learning about economics. I have a, I, I'm following someone who teaches about science. Am You're TikToking right now, aren't be. you? Oh my gosh! <laughs> There's all sorts of other content besides cat videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're saying there are some serious things in there, and I'm saying people can use the platform differently. <laughs> But generally, the format sort of lends itself to that. Yeah, the, I, I would agree. Like, there's not like the long form journalism that's going to happen. There's not like right. the in-depth exploration of things. And there's a like, lot of Christians on TikTok, too. Let's just be honest. I watched all the Taylor Swift videos, and then I started finding there's a whole ton of Christians on there. Like, there's this one woman yeah. who prays all the time for people. She's yeah. sort of amazing, actually. There, there is some amazing Christian TikTok, and there is some... TikTok that embarrasses me. And actually, I think I can play it right here on the podcast where she, this woman today, has heard that TikTok might get shut down and is praying about it. This is Hillary Caitlin with 200,000 followers. So if we are going to be parting ways from this platform, I want to send you off with a prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much, God, for this beautiful community. Thank you, Jesus that we have been able to come together as Christians. Help us not to be discouraged, but to fix our eyes on you because you are the way, the truth, and the life, Lord. And this is just an opportunity for us to grow in a new direction, in a new place, and on a new platform. May we stay strong in the faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay encouraged. God has a purpose and a plan. And even though TikTok is banned, we have so many other platforms to stay connected on. I love you all. Keep your head up. Yeah. So, I mean, right? Like, there's all these things. How do you think the format and the content influence us in terms of, like, kingdom shaping? Yeah, that's an interesting question. The The quick cuts, the short takes, the hot takes, I, I honestly have found it really hard for my personality to create TikToks like all these people are talking really fast and they have, like, <laughs> all these really great ideas and they just come flowing out. I, I find it really hard for personally to do that so i think instagram is for introverts and tiktok is for extroverts oh fascinating in, in, in some way i don't think that's entirely true because i obviously it love it and, and I, I identify right. as an introvert right. but i think for me I, I come out of a more contemplative tradition and i find that i connect like most deeply with jesus when i'm praying and when i've had an hour to pray more than when i have like 15 seconds to sort of absorb something <laughs> and just that constant barrage of stuff even if it even if it's christian content like even if it's inspirational and i've seen some amazing testimonies that have like brought tears to my eyes and i've felt very like spiritually uplifted hearing people's stories in in 60 seconds about how they went from this to that right there and that, that is those. like that's super encouraging and i i think tiktok does stories really well in that regard but it doesn't necessarily help me center myself in the Lord any better or connect 
with who I think God is making me into. Yeah, and I was wondering about with these weeks, like how <laughs> that shaped you. And I think probably you sat and scrolled on this more than other things. You yeah, know? absolutely. I think like it affects different personalities in that way. I also think it has an interesting effect on different generations and the way they absorb media. Like that article that teenager wrote about how everyone's on TikTok and she said adults don't get it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She actually said older people generally seem to agree that its layout is confusing for them. I totally (laughs) found that at first. It took me a while. And like she seems right. Like I wonder if the format is different. For instance, if my parents... They grew up in a different media environment. Like maybe right. they'd watch TV or honestly the radio. My mom talks about listening to sitting by the radio and listening to stories. But then the broadcast TV comes out with yeah. news anchors and they're sitting behind a desk and talking to you. But it's sort of calm. There might be one graphic that appears left above your shoulder. <laughs> you transfer from that to this sort of hyper frenetic app. When you open it up, the video is already playing. Right. It's hard to even tell. I mean, it's easier for me, but that what are buttons? Like, yeah. What can you touch? What do the affordances do? We yeah. use this. Yeah. We use this language about how do you like a doorknob has an affordance that allows you to open a door, but buttons yeah. Yeah. on apps, like what do they do? It feels less authoritative. It feels like entertainment or even like chaos yeah. as opposed to that bound leather big book. Yeah. And doesn't that affect? The way the older generation even sees this app, like you said, both Republicans and Democrats are thinking this could be bad and maybe you want to ban it. And part of me goes, the older Republicans and Democrats, what do maybe the younger ones think? Do they think it's less insidious? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I mean, the thing that TikTok has done that's been so disruptive is that they've made creation so easy right because it's so easy more people are going to do it it's not just the anchor and the hierarchy that's around that to create the 30 minute news segment right yeah which you're talking about like takes a tv studio right and a huge camera in this whole setup like and tens only of thousands a few of people dollars. back yeah. in the day would create yeah videos and that's gotten easier and easier over time and then we could redo it on our Macs. right and, but and now you can do it with your phone in like 10 seconds yeah and so now anyone with a smartphone can do it being on tv is no longer an indicator of authority. Exactly. Anyone can do it. What's the new way of interpreting that this person has authority? Is it through the number of likes or number of followers they have? Sure, well, right. that requires me to then go right. look at their profile. And right. just because somebody likes it or there's a bunch of popularity around it doesn't mean that that person is an expert in any regard. Right. If they do have all those likes, there is authority there. So the transference of the of the way authority is read yes. is a different. How does it affect us, honestly, when we deal with the word of God, with scripture? Like how the authority in the big leather bound Bible, yeah. like does the Bible have that many likes? You know, like does yeah. it have four million followers? <laughs> the answer is probably yes, but that's interesting yeah. too, right? Well, well, yeah, does our perception of authority in a leather-bound book change when it's in an app on our phone? That has frenetic 15 video second cuts. So, Chris, do you think Christians should be on TikTok? Well, that's, th- that's the question, right? Shut it down or spin it up. <laughs> but it's a hard one. I mean, Christians are on TikTok. There's actually millions and millions on TikTok. 
as we found out from the hashtag Christian on TikTok. So Christians are there. And do we believe God is there on TikTok? Well, you've heard me on this because I think yes on Facebook and yes on Twitter and all of human grace and sin mm. is present in the human communication on these platforms. And so, yes, absolutely on TikTok as well. Yeah, just going back to early in our conversation, that fear that, you know, is China importing its values using TikTok? You know, is it importing values around the world into these other countries? India's banned it. Australia's considering banning it. America wants to ban it. But I think as Christians, we need to be asking this question, is the world importing its values through these devices into the kingdom of God, into the hearts of Christians. We need to be thinking critically, and I think that's that's really at the heart of what we've been talking about for the last five seasons now of Device and Virtue is how can the kingdom of God be reshaping and redeeming those platforms. And the values are, in some ways in the kingdom, they're steady and obvious. It's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's love your neighbor as yourself. And then they are complex and differentiated because yeah. each age in each chapter in each generation even has to figure out how those yeah. values apply in our churches and our hearts. And honestly, Gen Z 60% yeah. on TikTok needs to figure out how the kingdom appears on TikTok. Yeah. If indeed TikTok stays, it <laughs> could be in three days. We, this isn't, it's not even there. And if TikTok is downgrading the poor and the ugly and the disabled, Christians need to be standing up against that. That's true. And if TikTok is saying, we want to maintain the powers that be, but the powers that be are doing unjust things, the kingdom of God needs to invade that space and bring truth and justice to it. Okay, well, you know what? That was serious, but I feel like it's time for vice or virtue. And this one, uh, it really is serious. It's the hashtag cats of TikTok, <laughs> which is literally a series of <laughs> videos about cats on TikTok. There are 15.7 billion views of cats. 15.7 billion? Yeah. Vice Virtue. <laughs> oh, so it is clearly, and this is not against cats, but it is clearly a vice. Here's why. <laughs> I just I just did the math and 15.7 billion views translates to about so if each one is 15 seconds that means that humans have spent about 10,000 years watching cats of TikTok videos. No, I love 10, it. 10,000 years. And TikTok's only two years old, so we're impressive. <laughs> okay, I think you're acting really angry because mostly it's a vice in your life. I, I, I'm i going to say absolutely a virtue because I, I don't <laughs> even watch cat videos on like YouTube. Like I think it's dumb. <sighs> but TikTok's autoplay, it's fast punching up and that one where the cat looked like it was going to kill you like a non-zero <laughs> chance. I had, literally had me LOLing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so many LOLs. I find laughter, it's like, uh, it's pretty much the kingdom of God, so therefore a virtue. <laughs> it is ridiculous, and it is sublime. Also, by the way, people think the Chinese are going to take over Tic Tac, but it's probably the cats. 
Well, this was the start of season five for us. <laughs> we didn't really say that at the beginning, but it is. Oh, we got a lot of fun topics planned for this season. Low-tech phones, food delivery apps. We want to talk about devices you wear for health. We're going to talk about online virtual funerals. Adam, of course, dramatic the as sad is. is a dramatic one. <laughs> so I'm excited, though. So it looks like a lot of fun this season. It'll be fun to have you with us. We love it when people share the podcast, so keep doing that. And we'll see how the rest of the summer goes. And if you're on TikTok, find us. And we would love to see all the videos you're making. I have made one TikTok. That's probably all I'm going to do. And you made a TikTok during this episode. Are you going to post that one? It's really good. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. Bye, Adam. This episode was brought to you in part by Just These Guys. You know, a pastor and a psychologist team up to break down scripture and psychology, empowering you to transform by the renewing of your mind. Listen today at justtheseguys.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just These Guys, you know.